0: we're in a series called Undercover Boss. It's been a five-week series. It has been a really great series. Um, If you've missed any of them, please go back and watch them. Let us know um, what you think about them. Um, For all of our people watching online, let us know where you're watching from. It can be your living room. Maybe you just had a lazy Sunday morning. That's fine. If it's at the lake, let us know in the comments below. But um, today we're in a series, and I want to talk to you about scary movies and bats, scary movies and bats. And I want to talk about dealing with fear, dealing with fear, dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress, dealing with feeling overwhelmed, or you are a worrier that I don't know if there's a better topic we can talk about in a series called Undercover Boss, something that runs your life more than fear. And so as I was jumping into this uh, sermon I threw out a question on Facebook this past week that just said, hey, tell me about your, your, the scariest movie you've ever seen and the effect that it had on you. And I was just hoping some people would comment and like 200 comments later, um, it was a fantastic, fantastic thread. And here are some of my favorites. Um, some of the, the question was, tell me the scariest movie you've seen and the effect it had on you. And here are some of my favorites. Monica said this, the one where the kids were burned in the hotel room by their parents. I had a hard time going to spend the weekend at my dad's. I was just like, that's fantastic. Chelsea Lockney said, oh my gosh, I think it was called The Witch." I do not do scary movies or witchcraft. I had nightmares that night that she was in my room. I sat up screaming. She was in the house. My husband shot out of the bed with his rifle. Needless to say, he doesn't make me watch scary movies anymore. Becky Kunkel said, Chucky, I never trusted my dolls or stuffed animals again. Chris Lichtenmeyer said it, which a lot of people said it. I'm like, it's a clown, right? Like, I, I actually enjoyed it. It, which a lot of people said, but I will not walk, walk by a storm drain ever. Couldn't even finish the movie. Brianna Baker said this Pet Cemetery, our farm dog went off to die in the woods, and we found her. Grandma put her in a trash bag in the back seat. And I just knew she was coming back to life as a demon to eat us. Um, Alden Amin, this, this, this blew my mind. Alden Amin said E.T. <laughs> like the one with Reese's Pieces, like E.T., It made me scared a little alien was always hiding in the dark. And Chrissy Rogers says on this same thing, OMG, I am literally terrified of E.T. When I was a kid, I'd wake up crying saying I could see his heart glowing outside my window. I still can't look at a picture of E.T. Ashley Burns says, OMG, we are the same child. My niece was literally just making fun of me this weekend when she found out I was terrified of him. She is seven. These are people's admissions, not me making. Sam Reimer, this one took the cake for me. Definitely the notebook, two hours of crazy. Um, I was like, man, (laughs) fantastic. And here's the truth. We never say this, though. Um, A little dose of fear isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? A little dose of fear can be healthy. It keeps you from doing stupid things sometimes. Keeps you from jumping off tall buildings because you're like, oh, I'm scared of heights, probably shouldn't jump off this. It keeps you from holding snakes, hopefully. We're not that church, right? Um, we don't hold snakes at this church. If that's what you're looking for, we are not that church. It keeps spiders from crawling on you. On your, You freak out, right? It's a little dose of fear. It keeps you from running upstairs when a mass murderer is chasing you. Why do they always run upstairs? I'm like, why? Why? <clears throat> makes no sense but the reality is fear can be a really horrible boss of us because fear doesn't just stay fear fear always turns into something right fear always turns into worry it turns into stress it turns into you being anxious well I'm just an anxious person that's because somewhere along the line that's what fear has turned into It it turns into you being overwhelmed. It turns into you being paranoid. And here's what Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says. And I've saved this verse until the last sermon of this this series. And I love the way this reads. Romans 8, 6. If your your sinful old self is the boss over your mind, it leads to death. But if the Holy Spirit is the boss over over your mind it leads to life and peace Man, they're so good <clears throat> what is the boss of your mind what is the boss of your thoughts of your thought process and the goal today is that the Holy Spirit would be the boss he would be running the show when it comes to here right, when it comes to your thought life, when it comes to you being stressed out, when it comes to you being worried, that he would run the show in here. Because here's the promise, is that if he is a boss over your mind, it leads to life and peace. And I don't know one person that doesn't want that, right? I don't know one person that doesn't want that. That But the opposite is true as well. If the Holy Spirit is not the boss of your mind, you're not going to experience true life and peace. Instead, you're going to let fear get in there, and fear left unchecked always wreaks havoc. Man, it it turns into chaos, and your mind starts running, doesn't it? Right, just like we were saying, here I come, running, and run. That's your mind, like it goes run and run. Like you are playing what ifs and you're doing things and you're spelling out scenarios. And here's the truth about fear. Here's the truth about being anxious. Here's the truth about worrying. Half the things we are fearful and worrisome about and anxious about doesn't even make sense. Right? It doesn't even, and we know it doesn't make sense. And we know that it's probably not going to happen. When we kind of take a step back, we're like, okay, stop worrying about it. But it seems like we can't stop worrying about it. We have stress and we have anxiety and we have worry. We feel all overwhelmed. Where's the source of it? It all comes from this thing called fear. We know the Bible says this. I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind, right? I love what Romans, I mean, Proverbs chapter 12 verse 5 says it says anxious hearts are very heavy but a word of encouragement does wonders i'm just going to have you leave that up there for a second some of us i think we're the first part of this first today you've walked in and your heart's just heavy right your spirit's just heavy you're tired you're worn down you're weary and it's all because anxiety And fear and stress is weighing your heart down. But a word of encouragement does wonders. And that is my goal today. That's my hope. Is that this word today does wonders for your soul. Does wonders for your mind. That your mind would be led by the Holy Spirit. And that you would live a mind and a heart and a spirit that is full of life and peace Charles Spurgeon said this he says anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows but only empties today of its strength right so good anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows but only empties today of its strengths and it seems like when you're reading the New Testament and anytime Jesus talks about fear he says fear not right like fear not they're in a storm, and the disciples think they're going to capsize. Fear not, right? There's a mob of 5,000 people. How are we going to feed these people? Fear not, right? Demon-possessed people. Fear not. Like, just fear not. And I, I, I'm like, but, but I know what you're saying. We understand what he's saying, but man, how is it that we're not getting it? Because I wish it was just easy enough to say fear not to me. And Jesus, man, I understand if you say fear not, it can happen. But I still struggle and we still struggle. So how do you and I get past this place of not letting fear, not letting worry, not letting anxiety, not letting stress be the boss of our mind? Be the boss of our life. Because one thing I know is this, is that fear makes a horrible, horrible boss... Of your life and it doesn't make you better it never makes you better this past week um, we we live out in kind of the wood a very wooded area in jinx oklahoma and we have bats all around um, especially at night and so at night you'll see like what you think's a bird it's a bat right and so And some of you, maybe you're creeped out, but bats are like really good for eating a bunch of insects. And we've got a pond right by our house, so it's a really good thing that they're there. The problem is that the bats have started hanging underneath the eaves of our house, right? And we're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they kind of squeak and all this stuff. And they've never like swarmed down and attacked my face like some movie. Because then I would be lighting my whole house on fire, right? But here's the problem, is that these cute little varmints have dug into our awnings. Uh, Awnings, little whatever you call them, gables. I don't know, but they've gotten into our house now, and like we had somebody come out a, a bat specialist come out who knew like last year this time covid we had a bee infestation at our house i'm like are you stinking kidding me right and you can't kill bees oh no that's too easy thanks Peter. right like you just gotta have somebody come collect them i'm like they started it right like i'm like i should be able to finish it and so we've got to figure out how to get these bats out of our house. And so we called these specialists to come out, and it has been just a joy, just a joy, and fantastic. And we'll get into this, but what I realize is that the same thing that applies with bats and what we're having to deal with kind of is the same thing and the same steps we are having to do when it comes to fear, right? Because bats don't need much room to get into your house. In fact, they just need the size of a pinky nail to get in and create chaos and the same is true of fear all it needs is one thought all it needs is a a thought turns into chaos real quick a thought turns into full blown panic attack real quick and so how do you and i get fear out of our minds out of our life out of our spirit where it's not running the show and so this is going to resemble what we're having to do with the bats because it is super similar and I'm like dear God give me different illustrations in my life the first one is this you've got to take action to get it out you got to take action to get it out when we realized there were, there were six different nests all around our house, here's what the bat specialist said. You have the worst infestation of bats we have seen in a while. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, how much is this going to cost, right? Because that's what you're wondering too. Like how much is this going to cost? $3,400. Why, God? Why, why, right? Like, why? Here's the deal the alternative of doing nothing, we can't do nothing, right? If we do nothing, it's just going to get worse and wreak chaos. So we've got to do something, and it's always going to cost you to do something. And can I tell you, it's always going to cost you to do something to get fear out of your life. You can't just hope that fear gets out of your life. You can't just hope that panic gets out of your life. That you stop, you know, stop being an anxious person because being anxious doesn't go away with age. Amen no now you just got more people to worry about more anger. i've got grandkids to worry about right now i got you know in-laws and, and son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws to be worried about and it won't but it, you've got to take action and it always costs you to take action but hoping that it just goes away that's not a strategy and if that's been your strategy can I just tell you fear will always be the boss of your life and I don't want to let fear be the boss of my life I don't want anxiety to run the show I don't want stress to affect my relationships and if that's not going to happen we've got to take action and it's found in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 through 5 it says "As for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So let me stop here just for a second, and we'll get into the rest of the verse. Uh, Strongholds, right? What is a stronghold? It's when the devil has a hold that is strong in your life. You just kind of reverse that. Well, how does a stronghold happen? Very much like these bats. All it needed, the bat, was the size of a pinky nail to get in and create havoc. All the devil needs is a foothold. A foothold always turns into a stronghold, right? So all of you that used to fight with your siblings and they would go hide behind a door and you ran behind them and you stuck your foot in between the door, right? The door and, and, and where it closes, the, the hinge, what whatever it's called, but you know what I'm talking about. You didn't let it close. What happened? You got a foothold and because you had a foothold, you could open the door that turned into a stronghold. Can I tell you the same thing is true when it comes to Satan and when it comes to fear, all he needs is a little bit to create a lot of havoc to create a lot of chaos and it says we don't fight like the world does right you got to learn to fight if we get in a fight let me just say say this if we get in a fight I'm fighting you like for some reason you decide I hate Justin and I'm gonna fight I don't fight like everybody else I fight dirty I will bite you. I will scratch. I will, if I had to fight like a girl to win, I will fight like a girl to win. I don't care. Right? I'm not going to fight like everybody else. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to be like, whatever I got to do to win, I'm going to do it to win. Right? And here, you can't just keep fighting like you've always fought. You can't keep fighting like all the world is telling you. Your weapons have got to be different. When they came and treated these bats, they used this big old Foam and these little trapdoors, we'll get to in a second. Something I've never seen before. It was different to battle something that we've never battled before. And can I tell you, you can't keep using the same tools and the same strategies to get fear out of your life and keep it out of your life. You've got to learn to take action. Verse five, we demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What we know is true. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There it is. No idle thoughts. You take captive every thought. Your thoughts are a big deal. What you let come in and go in and stay in is a really big deal. And here's what Paul is saying. Don't let it in in the first place. Right? Take, take those thoughts captive before those thoughts become something that you dwell on. And what you dwell on becomes what you worry on. And what you worry on comes up and becomes what you're stressed about. And what you're stressed about becomes what you're paranoid about. And what you're paranoid about, you're having a full breakdown about. And what happened? Where did it start? All over here on a thought. Paul's saying this, if this isn't going to happen, then you and I have to learn to fight differently. And we have to learn to take action. And you have to learn and I have to learn to take captive every, everybody say every, every thought. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. Uh, It's just not an important thought. No, it matters. Don't let those thoughts in but you take it captive and you say i know that is not what the lord says about me i know that is not what is true that is not what the bible says that's not what his word says and you and i learn to take captive every thought romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this but if the holy spirit is the boss of your mind it leads to life and peace isaiah 26 3 You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You want to know how to have perfect peace? Keep your mind, keep your thoughts focused on him. I mean, that may mean you have to turn on worship music instead of booty music, right? Like, oh, but I like the bump, right? Well, you may like the bump, but chaos is going on in your head. Right? Well, you know, I love me some country music. Well, if you're constantly worried about your dog dying and your wife leaving, maybe you should start listening to worship music. instead of, kind of I'm just being honest. Because here's what happens. What you are dwelling on, you start thinking on. What you're watching all the time, oh, it's, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. I'm just watching something. No, what you watch is a big deal because your, what you watch turns into thoughts, and that's what you start dwelling on. What are you? You take captive every thought, because the truth is this: when that happens, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. That means to fix, to place, who's, who stayed on you. Because when I'm doing that, when my mind is stayed, and when my mind is fixed, and when my mind is placed on him, that's what this. This is what this is saying. I trust him. I understand he's the bigger source, he's the bigger reason, and he's capable. And when that happens, peace is is a reality in my life. Second thing is this, be preventative. What I mean is once it leaves, don't let it come back, right? Once it leaves, don't let it come back. Here's what happens is a lot of times we will have a season where we're stressed over something and, and we're stressed over finances or we're stressed over relationships or we're stressed over our kids and we get past it and we get over it, right? And then what happens, it's like something happens and a $3,400, $3,500 bill to get rid of bats come in and you're freaked out about your finances. Dear God, what happened, right? Um, something happens with your kids and you're freaked out and they hit mid-high and you're like, ah, what did I do? I, I should have prepared better, right? And and all these things come flooding into your mind, and you just got them out. Man, the, the wise thing would be to figure out a way not to let them back in. So as they're preparing to, to get rid of the bats, what they have done is they put all this foam all over our house, right? Not like gaudy, but in the, in the crevices of our house. We're going to use the word crevice today. And so in the crevice of our house with a little one-way door. And so the strategy better work. For $3,500, it better work or I'm going to be mad, right? And we'll be talking about anger in a few weeks instead of fear. Um, But the bats fly out. And it's a one-way door, and they can't come back in, and it makes them mad, and they go to somebody else's house, like my neighbor, right? <laughs> and and I'm like, like, not my problem, not my bats, not my issue, not my bats, not my circus, right? Like, you've heard not my monkeys, not my circus, have at it. You know, those are your bats now. Those are not my, I don't know whose bats those are, right? Like, I'm like, no, they're not my bats. I didn't, we don't have a bat problem at all, right? Like, we don't now, right? Because they can't get back in. And what if you and I could do that with fear? That we could get it out and it doesn't have room to come back in. It doesn't have a way to come back in. And here it is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. And you know this verse. Don't be anxious about anything. Everybody say anything. In the Greek that means everything and anything. It's the same thing. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about a thing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Right? So, so this is saying this. doesn't mean that you keep harping on it. God, I told you. God, I told you. God, I, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Have you, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Have you done it yet? Have you done it? It's 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. You know you haven't done it yet. And then, So make you, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's what I love about this verse. Is that the peace of God was meant to guard your heart and mind. Right? We just think, oh, peace. No, no, no. The peace of God was meant to guard your heart and your mind. So that when you're going through things that people don't understand, when bats infest your house, you can still fall asleep. And people are like, how can you do that? Peace of God. Right? Like, so, so when things happen, you have the peace of God that is guarding your heart and mind that passes all under standing. Well, Justin, I hear what you're saying. I, and here's my problem. We're, we're just going to flesh this out a little bit. Because for the rest of the message, I'm about to get really real and really raw. I hear what you're saying, Justin, and this is me, this is Justin Graves' problem. I pray about it, but I harp about it. And I think there needs to be consistency in your prayer, but there's there's a difference between being consistent in your prayer life and being a nagger to God, right? Like, being consistent in your prayer life is that you make it known and you leave it with Him. Being a nagger is that you let it known and you never left it off. You never dropped off the burden. You never dropped off the anxiety. You never dropped off the stress. You still think, you're you're still trying to control the outcome. And you're like, I don't know how to pray in that instance. And Jesus tells us, it's found in Matthew. Right? It's the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name right hallowed be your name i love this how great is your name how capable you are just your name alone instills power and makes all the difference hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us today our daily bread. This isn't a 10-year strategy that Jesus is talking about, right? He's just saying, hey, give us, give us enough food for today and forgive us our debts as we also forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A lot of times, can I tell you, verse 10 is huge on this. A lot of times when fear and anxiety and stress and feeling overwhelmed is happening, it's because I'm fearful that the outcome isn't going to be what I want it to be that I don't get to control the outcome, that I don't get to control the timing. And Jesus is saying this, if you want to learn what your prayer life looks should look like and you want to experience peace and the key to don't worry about anything, but you know, pr- but through prayer and thanksgiving and supplication, let your requests be known to God and then the peace that passes all the understanding will guard your heart and mind. You want to know how that happens? It's when you can come to a verse 10 moment and you say, your kingdom come and your will be done. And you not just say it because it sounds good and you memorized it, but you mean it. Because what is happening is this, is now you don't have trust issues with God. Right? Because fear is really based in that we don't trust God enough to think that he is capable of handling it. We want our outcome and our timing, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's about his kingdom come and his will be done, even if it's not the way you would have done it yourself even if it's not the timing that you would have done it in yourself you want to know how not to let fear come in is that you come to a verse 10 moment in your life and that that becomes the reality and that becomes what you mean and that becomes your life's mantra your kingdom come and your will be done because the alternative is letting fear run the show is letting fear become the boss over my mind over my spirit and my heart never and my life never reaches true life and peace that way your kingdom come your will be done and here's the simple reality I will tell you just because you can pray that and just because you can recite that doesn't mean that fear is not going to come knocking again It doesn't mean that fear is not going to try to come back into your life. It doesn't mean that, just like those bats, they're going to be waiting, trying to get back in where they dwelled. Right? It doesn't mean that they're not going to come back in and try. But man, David shows us how to do this, and he just has this really raw moment in Psalms 56, verse 3. And he says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. That's it. I don't put my trust in my bank account. I don't put my trust in trying to communicate it out. I don't put my trust in trying to figure it out. I don't put my trust in trying to tough it out. But I put my, when I'm afraid, when I'm freaked out, when I'm fearful, when I'm struggling with stress, when I'm struggling with anxiety, what I have to do when I am afraid, I've got to come back and put my trust in you because that always leads me back to your kingdom come and your will be done. Because I trust that you are capable. And if I'm going to be real honest, man, I really, I'm not a worrier, an anxious person, a stressed out person for the most part, honest. But about the last month, my my mind has been running. My heart racing. And I don't know if it's a compilation of things. I don't know if it's just... Everything adding up from COVID to people being gone to building a building to trying to figure everything out. And, and my, my thoughts are this as a pastor. And I'm just being real transparent because that's the only way I know how to lead and be. I think, man, if I can just preach good enough, people will come back to church. If I can just reach out enough and, and love people enough, then, then people will stay tuned in and they won't drift away and they won't go anywhere. Because I can tell you this, every person that leaves, man, it's personal to me. It's, it's personal. Why? Because, I'm man, I feel like God has placed me here to be a shepherd to this flock. And, man, I'm trying to shepherd as good as I can. And I don't know if it's all the speaking. I don't know if it's all the building. I don't, I don't know. But the last few months, I've just been not, my heart's been racing. I've been freaking out. And I haven't told anybody about it because I just tried to tough it out. I told one person about it. I was like, man, this is just not me. I'm stressed out. It's hard for me to breathe sometimes. I get it. I'm there. I've been there. And you know what? I knew this sermon was coming. I'm like, Dad, Gummit, how am I going to preach a sermon that I'm not even living? That happens all the time. Here's what I found. I started going through these scriptures a few weeks ago. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Instead of listening to sports radio, nothing wrong with sports radio, I listened to worship. Instead of reading different books, you know what, I got into, my, into the Word more and just started reading more Christian books. Right, instead of just watching a ton of TV, I just go outside and I spend time praying. I spent time resting. Resting. I took time breathing. And I had to purposefully take action to keep My mind stayed on him. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to get stressed out going forward. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to get anxious going forward, even though I'm not usually an anxious person. But when I'm afraid, when I'm stressed, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm paranoid, when I feel like if I can just do this, if I can just do this, if I can just do this, man, it's not by my mind, it's not by my power. But it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. When I'm afraid, when I'm freaked out, I will put my trust in Him. And when that happens, I came to the point where I said, God, you know what? I can't do anything about it anyways. So your kingdom come. And your will be done. And do what you want to do. And let me have the guts to simply trust you, even when it's unknown. So I invite you. Not as an expert, but just invite you in the journey to not allowing fear to run your life. To be the boss of you because when the Holy Spirit controls your mind, the promise is this. He leads you to life and to peace. And that's a way, way better way to live. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I just pray for some of us here today, as weird as this sounds, that we would just breathe, that we would just breathe, that we would be still and rest in you and realize you are capable enough. It's not about our might, it's not about our power, but it's by your Spirit. And I pray that we would cling to the truth, to the promise in Isaiah that says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. And so that we would do the work, we would pay the price. Taking every thought captive, of taking every thought hostage that shouldn't be in our life, shouldn't be in our soul, shouldn't be in our spirit. And Lord, I know there's some here today that, man, we're just anxious. We're, we're, there's some of us, we're struggling with panic attacks and we're struggling with being stressed out and maxed out and we're not enjoying life. We're not enjoying this journey because our trust is everywhere else but in you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us put our trust in you. But Lord, we wouldn't keep trying to control the outcome. We wouldn't keep trying to get our way because Lord, that just creates more chaos and more anxiety and more stress. But you would help bring us to the place of the Lord's Prayer of verse 10 where we can just honestly say and honestly mean your kingdom come and your will be done right here right now and when I'm afraid when I'm fearful when I'm stressed I'll put my trust in you God let that be the reality of our life so that we can live this life out the way you've designed us to live it is in Jesus name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today if you're here maybe you're here maybe you're watching online you just say justin i'm here today and where i'm at man i know there's a change that needs to happen where i'm at i know that i'm not where i should be in my relationship with the lord maybe you've never asked jesus christ to be your lord and savior but check this out in romans thirteen eleven, it says this is all the more urgent For you to know how late it is time is running out wake up for our salvation is nearer than we first believed i love how paul says wake up this morning this is your wake up moment don't pretend that it's better than what it is but wake up and own where you are and understand where god wants you to be and he is calling out for you and he is waiting on you and if that's you I'm gonna count to three and all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life one two three is there anyone here today you say Justin that's me man this is my wake-up moment this is my wake-up moment there's one individual is there anybody else you join this one hand that is raised before we go any further in service today you just say Justin it's my wake-up moment it's it Before we go any further in service, you just say, that is me. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, if you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living, and I turn to the life that you have for me. And I grab hold of it. And I pray that this would be my wake-up moment. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen.